When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hands in pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. 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 Sorry, pod. Pod. <laughs> Go, Jay. <laughs> Right, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, made by Egg Chasers for you, other Egg Chasers, and we don't take the game or ourselves too seriously, but we love rugby. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello, Tim. Phil is here as well. Hi, Tim. Phil in his England shirt, JB in a, well, va- well RGC hoodie. It, well, it's very well. I've got a New York Jets t-shirt on, that's about the only Egg Chasers ball type thing I've got. Is that because it's Super Bowl tonight? No, it's just because it was one of the only clean t-shirts I had left. Um, <laughs> right, uh, this is, right, we're doing things slightly differently for the next few weeks. Um, for the duration of the Six Nations we're going to have a purely Six Nations podcast that comes out on a Monday and on a Tuesday you will get a podcast which is about all the domestic rugby and various other things and we, what's really nice as well is we could have some reaction to the, the Six Nations podcast as well so we can soak all that up so you can get in touch with us in the usual way at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and we've had so many tweets and various things flying around over the over the last few days at Rugby Podcast on Twitter you can listen to us and subscribe to us via Acast and iTunes and thank you for all the reviews and stuff you leave in on iTunes as well I mean, it just re- reminded me this weekend, just how gr- I mean, as if we needed reminding, just how great the Six Nations was. Your, your sort of general overview thoughts on weekend one, Phil? A little bit cagey. Mm. Really enjoyable. Loved the games. All very close, all within one score. But I thought everyone was a little bit cagey. Mm. You can see France and England... Well, France trying to do something different. England, I was hoping they'd try and do something different, but they went very, back in, very much back into their kind of tried and tested ways. And Ireland... Wales was cagey, very yep. even, neither team given an inch. Uh, I tell, well, I'll tell you who uh, was giving an inch. And so it begins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was something that was broadcast on Five Live. Mike Blair, you know, obviously not involved in the Scotland squad anymore. Uh, that will hurt him, but this will probably hurt him even more. Now, moving on, there's a parody Twitter account. I'm sure you know about this. For the Scotland head coach. It goes by the name of Stern Vern. Here's Scotland captain Greg Laidlaw. Stern Vern. It's actually quite funny. A few boys have got their suspicions, or one of the physios, or uh, Mike Blair's name has been mentioned a few times. <laughs> Mike Blair suddenly just looked wide-eyed then and go, oh no, he's just fingered me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Our usual high journalistic standards have been maintained. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with England-Scotland then. 
A win for England. So I think you mentioned about you were hoping to see a bit more. Let's talk about that. What, what impact do we think Eddie Jones has had on this England side? From what you said initially, Phil, you're saying not a great deal at this moment. Uh, yes, I, I think not a great deal. It was pleasing to see both the lineouts and the scrums were shored up, mm-hmm. um, 90% plus in both of those. But I was hoping to see a bit more expansive rugby and we didn't really see any of that. But then you've got to remember that Eddie Jones has only had these boys for two weeks in camp, so he, he can't be expected to make significant changes in that time. I think we'll start to see it more towards the end of the Six Nations. It'll be very gradual. I kind of I disagree a little bit. When they did attack with the ball in, that, in, in hand, did you not think that people like Jack Knoll and Anthony Watson were sort of making more unpredictable, less robotic kind of moves? Uh, there was a bit of broken field because they got some space, because the game did open up towards the end. But I didn't think it, I think it was more when the game had broken down a little bit rather than a game plan from England. Um, mm, and I, I think England were very cautious. The other thing from England, I think the big thing, Billy Vunapola was unbelievable. He was absolutely incredible. But he was the only man carrying in that England pack. Yeah. Uh, Haskell carried a few times. Uh, Haskell, 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 carried, Haskell carried seven times for a total of... 23 odds. Two yards. Wow. So your perception of Haskell. Um, So (laughs) this is is a hell of a fact. Um, I love Phil the stat man. He hasn't wasted any time (laughs) straight into the stats. Billy Vanapola carried 22 times for 51 yards. The whole of the rest of the England pack, who started all seven of them, carried 25 times for 12 yards. What? I thought it was a missed opportunity because I looked at the Scotland guy, guys and I looked, Hardy, that's that's the sort of player I want in an England team. No. He was everywhere. He was Hardy awesome. Was, Hardy was class. Okay. So let me start. Right, and, and I'm going to put it out there, right? Because I know you're a massive <laughs> Haskell fan. I'm going to put it out there. Haskell was the eighth best England forward at the breakdown right. and he was England's open side flanker. Okay. At international, wow. hit, there was You watched that game again. Haskell put in loads of great big hits. Okay. He... And that's pretty much all he did. Industrious made tackles. He was found himself in the position that you would want Hooper or Pocock or McCaw or Lowe. He was there in the right position so many times and did nothing. He was ineffective at slowing down the opposition ball. Okay. And he was ineffective at making quick ball for England. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So this is where we are with England, which is they are a good team. All that Eddie Jones has done is he's shown that if you pick England's you know top top players, you you will you will be okay. You won't see any huge advantage um, advances in how England play I don't think at least until the, aut- the autumn because he's not going to have enough time maybe by the end of Six Nations he might see something but he's had him for, but he's had him, had him for two weeks uh, what do you expect let's have a talk about Haskell we know he's not a seven and from what I can hear or what I can hear you guys saying is I, sorry, I exclude. I exclude you, Phil. I mean, it's more. more Thanks. You've not, okay, you've not heard um, me say anything about yeah, Haskell yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll sum it up in. I'll sum it up in a few words. He, I think you summed it up, haven't you? He, he, it up again. he limits the attacking potential of England. Right. Fine. Because he's not a seven. Okay. So, especially um, international okay. level, you're not gonna you're you're not gonna scour the, the the British Isles and find two sevens as good as Hooper and Pocock, which is effectively what you hope hope to find. Not even Wales have got a Hooper and Pocock. So my point is Haskell actually is a fairly intelligent selection because you're doing something completely different. I hate to say this, but I actually agree with something which Stuart Lancaster said, which is if everyone is responsible for slowing down down the ball, you'll probably be be, be okay. And England did that pretty well, and that shows because. 
Scotland didn't, have, didn't get a single try. Yeah, but then, but then this is maybe something which is a broader point on all the teams. Scotland, Ireland, and Wales, they all s- attack in a very robotic fashion. It's all systems led. It's all processes. It's all structure led, and that's fine. And I'd say Wales are the most structured and most robotic and most programmed rugby team in the Northern Hemisphere. And that seems to have worked for them quite well until you play a Southern Hemisphere team and they cannot win playing that kind of rugby. Uh, which is why I was... Don't mo- really know. Which, which is why the little glimpses of, of, of looser, more you know, identifying space and trying to exploit it but you that I saw from England, I, that's what encouraged me the most. Because just those little few times I saw it, I thought, there, that's what Eddie Jones can bring. But you know, if Wales show up at England and start throwing the ball around with gay abandon, if we do that, we'd get crushed by that, by, by that English defence. Absolutely crushed. And same for England going up against anyone else. Yeah, the defences are pretty stri- pretty stingy. I don't think it's necessarily a uniquely British Isles thing because there's three New Zealanders in charge of the probably the top three teams in the tournament, or you know, three of the teams in the tournament, should I say? They're attacking in a robotic, f- programmed fashion. It was that it was kind of like when horses have those little blinkers on. Mm. They just sort of I don't know. Well, I thought attacking like scale electrics, just yeah, you know, one th- track. I thought Wales did. I thought Wales were very one-dimensional in attack. Ireland, you could see they were trying to, but the Welsh defence was so damn good, yeah. and they got off the line so quickly, they gave Ireland no other option. So just on, going back yeah. to the, the Haskell point, I thought, he's not an out-and-out seven, we discussed it last week, and even though you agreed with Jay last week, we all know he's not an out-and-out seven, but he doesn't have to be, and this is something I've been saying for a while, yeah. and Jay made the point there, as long as everyone takes responsibility for it. And what Haskell, Haskell did, exactly what Haskell does which was huge, huge work rate and huge defence. I thought his defence was absolutely yeah, outstanding. Yeah, defence was great. Made, made the most tackles. But England don't have England don't have an out-and-out out seven. Yeah. The, 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 the best thing is Kvesic, and I watched him on Friday night, and he is a penalty machine. He has some good points and some bad points, yeah. but it's almost a coin toss when he With goes into a rut. Billy Vinopoli had a, had a big game. Are you aware of the Bruce of Bath Twitter account? Yes, it's a parody. Um, bo- it's bogus Bruce, and it's a parody Bruce Craig Twitter <laughs> account who tweeted at the full time. Um, that brilliant Vunapola is a handy number eight. Just one more wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> do us too much harm, would it? Well, Billy Vunapola is a great eight, but he's not even the best eight in his own family. <laughs> uh, Paul Harris <laughs> said. Uh, on Twitter at Rugby Podcast, it's a shame uh, that when Jack Knoll scored, there was no other Exeter player there to give him a celebratory <laughs> cocktail. I was watching the game with Broughton Park <laughs> on the weekend because our game was cancelled, and I was, just, I was explaining to them what the cocktail was, and they are super keen. <laughs> well, Broughton Park is super keen to incorporate the cocktail. Absolutely! Wow! And then we were all laughing about like how Exeter now because someone else noticed it, and we were laughing about how Exeter now have to huddle up to hide it from the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> get a big huddle. Co- uh, tap, Paul, tap, tap. Paul Callan also tweeted to say it was nice of Dove, one of the uh, sponsors, <laughs> to put the England team sheet up. So, and I know, and I got what you meant straight away because on the digital um, advertising hoardings around the outside, I noticed it a few times. It came up and it said Dove equals men plus care, which oh, I thought was a bit, a bit, a bit harsh on uh, Danny Care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fourteen men good. and Danny Care. Very good. Uh, and and we talked about it last week and. 
he didn't disappoint. Brian Moore just waffling uh, on about scrums. My I didn't actually goodness. hear any commentary because we're in the permanent is off. Thank, thankfully, uh, that's all uh, those first five minutes when there'd been three reset scrums already. How much longer can I listen to Brian Moore moaning about them? Uh, another observation as well. We've talked about um, Joe Launchbury's body shape. How he sort of doesn't appear to have. I mean, this is all relatively speaking because he, of course, he does have big shoulders, but he doesn't appear to have shoulders. Um, when he came off, I don't know if it was the camera angle or whether it's actually just him, but you know how some people, like Jonathan Joseph, have, have a V-shaped body? It yes. looked like Jonathan jo- uh, Joe Launchbury actually gets wider yeah. as he goes oh, down he his body. His hips are wider than his shoulders, definitely. Phenomenal. Good, good strong base. Good, strong base. Uh, I, I, I'd give England a, like six and a half out of ten for that. Plenty yeah. of room for improvement, but solid base to work from. They are a really solid international team, and I think they're going to be super dangerous under under Eddie Jones. I'm very optimistic. The most important thing for that game was a win, and it doesn't matter how you do yeah. it. I was hoping to see more of England using a scrum to create attacking ball, and they got yes. the ball straight to the back a number of times. And, and then the, the back, surge came on. The back line's all out there, yeah. but they, re- they kept the ball in and yeah. tried to win a penalty, yeah. and it was... 50-50 the penalties some went for some went against it was it just seemed silly to me it seemed a bit short-sighted when you've got that that attacking back line use the good ball I just remembered something an observation I made uh, and this is on the Scotland side of things so my, my, my view of Scotland when you look at their back line and when I looked at the team sheet beforehand I was like crikey Tommy, yeah. Tommy Seymour Sean Maitland Stuart Hogg Finn Russell Mark Bennett I thought wow they've got a really exciting back line and when, I was really disappointed with how how robotically they played I don't think but they did I think they no, played some lovely rugby no, I, well uh, I disagree they didn't threaten England's defence at all yes I, they did they threatened them right until the five metre line and then uh, they ran out of ideas no, they I, panicked <laughs> they threatened oh, them no, they, well, no, they were taking up big chunks of yards right. continually they, they threatened them a few times they lack composure. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. it's, it's right. I think you yeah, getting into the red zone and not finishing it. And off. here's an observation. Finn Russell's hand, right? Oh, oh. Ri- written. He right, I've I've been aware of, you know, sometimes players, you know, put some tape around their wrist and they put a, some religious players put a cross on there just to just to or some people Just so we know. Some people put the name of their <laughs> God will be delighted with that by Some the way. people put the name of their kid on it, or some people put one word on it. So that it's just those like when you when you're tired and you're blowing, it's that little one percent motivation. Finn Russell had an essay written on his hand. Yeah, like play, playbook. Not, it was like a playbook. And, and, that, and that says to me, you've either got too much information that you, that you can't remember it all. Go on. The, the, well, no, that's it. You've got too much. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> you've got too much information that you can't remember it all. And that's not a good position for, you know, a, not for, really, a, not for really. a 10 to be in. You want your 10 to be front and centre who knows knows what's going to happen before it happens. Exactly. Yeah. No, no. It needs to say four things. Give it to Hog. Yeah. That's all it needed to say. Oh, and when he got the in, oh. when he got the intercept, that's the composure. Yeah, exactly. That's, but he's a very he, composed that was the player. Game, that was the game right there. He could have given it to Hogg, who who you oh. who you'd back to beat George Ford. He had at least five meters before yeah. Ford, so he had time to look around. And he had Hogg on his left shoulder. Oh, I know. It was a two-on-one. Yeah, it's worse and worse. We haven't really spoke about the Scotland team, uh, but I will say this: I think they're a really good bunch now. Uh, they're gonna. I'm not that confident Wales will go there and win. I think they can beat France. I think they're going to have a really good tournament. I, I said at the start, I'd fancy them for three wins. Yeah. I was, I was counting that as one of the potential wins. Mm. So, mm. Um, Ant Green tweeted to say, or talking about Scotland, he said, um, boys, can you, can you please have a look and tell me 
who is sponsoring Scotland's jersey. I can't quite make it out from the logo. It, <laughs> it's the biggest logo I've ever seen on an international sorry shirt. sorry to... to um... BT. It's enormous. It's gigantic. But what a sponsor, though, eh? Oh, it's a great sponsor. I mean, yeah, I'd want it. If I was sponsored by BT, I'd want everyone to know. <laughs> oh, can I talk more, more about BT, please? And probably something for the next podcast. But... Let's say it for the next podcast, then. Oh, well, come on, just very, very quickly, because people need to know this. Did anyone see the Harlequins programme? We're, we're going to talk, we're gonna talk, talk about, about that rugby. tomorrow. Oh, podcast. it's so good. It's so good. Listen to the domestic rugby pod that's coming. Uh, we're going to do... The excitingly named domestic rugby pod. <laughs> and Jay... <laughs> well, so if you can come up with a better name for it, uh, if you can come up with a name for the two pods, then help us out. But yeah, that's a great tease for it, JB. People are going to be tuning into that one now. That is good. good work, Jay. Thanks. Thanks. Um, any, any more talking points on Scotland England then I think we've I think we've covered a lot of that just pull your socks up Haskell and Noel and I don't mean in terms of your standard of play <laughs> I mean literally pull your socks up oh on, on, on the case of literally Mike Tyndall uh, his brilliant punditry he said um, after the game when they, they were discussing Dylan Hartley uh, and his performance Tyndall said uh, Hartley was literally whiter than white <laughs> wow there you go pretty pale oh, that, that, he played well actually that's worth mentioning well I don't know if he played well he didn't do anything wrong that's kind of how I felt about Scrum, it scrums on line out's good yeah um, was... I was hoping for him to do a bit more on the park yeah I'd be happy with him I'd but, be happy but with him. yeah happy didn't do anything wrong very very happy with the scrums on line outs and there were a couple of times when he was caught at the bottom of a rook and people giving him a little bit of niggle and he just kind of smiled and patted them yeah he even said which, sorry at one point yeah which is good yeah right Phil's got a quiz on the way very very soon that mm. he's prepared for us um we should talk about France, Italy. Now, we've also got Ireland, Wales to talk about, which we've come down to the rugby dungeon immediately after watching. Um, so, France, Italy. Th- first things first, what are your perceptions of that kit? The French Horrific, slash. horrific. Love it. Why? I, I quite like it. I, I'd like it more as a sevens <laughs> kit, because it's not traditional at all. But I do quite like it. Do you know what? You've got, like, 100 years of history, and they just... Butchered well, it. That, that, is the, that is the second shirt. They're, what's their home shirt like? Is it the same but blue? It's blue, thank you. I think it's the one. Oh, is it? Is it? It's just blue. It's similar I'm, to the one I was wearing last week. I wouldn't be happy if the home jersey or the the the, 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 the blue jersey is the same. This looks like a sevens top. Oh, it definitely looks like a sevens it's top. Awful. That, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's lovely, though. But no, it is a bad thing because like they're not it. playing sevens. And those shorts. I, I bought a pair of those shorts the other week. The shorts are nice. Awesome. Yeah. The shorts are lovely. Yeah. The French and white look wonderful. They look wonderful in red. They look wonderful in blue. But yeah. that is an abomination. Do you know what? The, the, <laughs> I, will, I will say there is no substitute for the classic Adidas three stripes down the arm, plain white with, with, with the cockerel crest. And the collar. And in cotton. The, yeah. the three... The Baggy red, cotton. The white three stripes down the arm, but with red and blue, red oh, and the darker blue yes. in between. It's well done, beautiful. Phil. While we're talking stash, just quickly, I know it's it, it, just very quickly touched on the stash in terms of beautiful stash. The Jaguars Super Rugby Argentinian franchise of Super Rugby, their their kit, the orange and black. All right, this, this jersey is beautiful. It's uh, lovely. Can we not save that for the international domestic pod? <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I prefer. Have you seen the Argentinian sevens shirt? That's no, kind of similar. It's like a really deep blue uh, Nike again. Oh, beautiful. Right. And it's even got, if you look really closely, the little kind of puma detail in. Yeah. <laughs> right. France, Italy then. What, what do you make? The other coach making his bow um, there that lots of people were interested in, Guy Noves. So France have got this really exciting back line. Yeah. You've got pace and strength and power all over it. And they were trying to play from absolutely everywhere, which just meant that the... 
Italian defence, which was very good and very structured, could, could press them and put them under all sorts of pressure. So France made it more difficult than it needed to be. But it made it really fun to watch. It, it was, it was it a good was game so, to watch. And I was talking about, um, last week I was saying that my memories when I was growing up watching the Five Nations were France playing this all-action Attacking from in their own 22. And it was, I loved seeing it, even if it wasn't in 2016 the most effective way to win a rugby game. <laughs> I don't think it is at this moment in time. Ginoves just said, let the boys play. That's Basically, he, he did. Just He's go, trying to go and play. Yes. And it was only thanks to a 75th minute Jules Plisson hell of a penalty from 54 metres right out near the touchline that actually won them the game. On the other side, Chris Bailey has pointed out a commentary cliche that we hadn't mentioned before. He said, you never hear commentators mention Sergio Parise without the word talisman. <laughs> talisman. That's so yeah, true. Talismanic Sergio Parise. The Italian, ta- ta- Italy's talisman, Sergio Parise, with a two-yard carry. You, wherever <laughs> he is on the pitch, whatever he's doing. But he had, a, he had another incredible game. I don't know if we learned, learned anything from these two teams this weekend. That very good French pack, very big, big French pack, problems at scrum times. And this young 10 that they've got, uh, Carlo Canna, he looked good. He can play a bit. Yeah, some of his kicking wasn't 100%, but good with ball in hand, yeah, he can play. And their defence, the structure of their defence was good. So they, When they started to open up a bit, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, you're probably right, though. All in all, I don't think France played to their potential. I think Italy, you could argue that they um, played slightly ahead of their potential. So we're not actually learned particularly no. much out of this game. Uh, and we haven't learned any more about Eddie Butler. We know that different players, same French <laughs> accent, um, needlessly applied to every single one of them, I, uh, whether they sound French or not. Oh, but Sergio. Poor Sergio. Oh, Sergio. He scores the try. He makes the most metres in that game. He carried for 91 metres. He was heroic. So he made mo- he made as many yards as the entire England pack. Yeah. Uh, probably, well, more yards than the entire... The entire England pack, including subs. Including subs and Billy Vanapolo as part of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the drop goal. Oh. Now, someone's, I read on Twitter, I think it was, that neither Kelly Haimoina or nor Luke McLean have ever scored an international drop goal, and they were the two kind of kickers who were on the field at the I time. I can imagine Sergio must have done it at some point. And he has. Yeah, he, he has, has scored an international drop goal, and neither of those two were getting into the pocket. So it, it was almost like... They were running out of gas. Someone had to step up. Sergio did it. Mm. And because he, he's so used to being the hero, he probably thought, oh, this is easy. I'll just, I'll just nail this. Oh, and then hero I'll, I'll just nail this, then I'll go home and... Uh... No, no, he's actually uh, performed to type. He's so, so used to being a heroic loser. Well, that's true, actually. I mean, if they were five points down, he'd have nailed it. <laughs> Sergio nails whatever he wants. That's right. <laughs> Just unfortunately not on this occasion. Yeah, poor Sergio. Poor Serge. Um, right, before we get into Ireland Wales and any other thoughts we might have, a quick reminder, we're on we're on the Acast app. Um, we are also on iTunes. Um, th- there's some really good reviews that have been left. I'll get into some of those in a bit. Uh, but Phil, you've prepared a quiz for us. I have. So wow. how's this one working then? Just the usual. Okay. First question. Yeah. Okay. Which teams wore Canterbury stash at the 2015 Rugby World Cup? Okay. Okay, next question. To the nearest whole number, did Jamie Roberts make more than, less than, or exactly three metres per carry today versus 
Uh, sorry, more, less, or exactly? Yes. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the nearest whole number, so if it's... Okay, next question. Yeah. Name the two All Blacks in Gloucester's squad. Um, well, you might... Okay, and... Um, okay. Okay. Okay, question four. Whose brother signed for Wasps this week? Alright. Whose brother signed for Wasps? Yep. Okay, next question. Yep. RBS is the title sponsor of the Six Nations, but there are three partner sponsors. There's the official beer, the official technology partner, and the official timekeeper. Name them. Beer, timekeeper, and technology. Te- yeah, official technology partner. Oh, my word. Technology partner? Mm. Okay. Next question. Who did Leinster beat in 2009 when they won their first Heineken Cup final? Ah. Final two questions. Where in the world was Big Sexy this weekend? Okay. Okay. And the last question. Uh, There's a maximum of five points available for this. Mm, Here we go. Name the players who've won a Rugby World Cup, a Super Rugby title and a Heineken Cup. Name the players who've won all three. Yes. How many? There's five points for There's five so players. Super okay. Rugby. Rugby World Cup, Super Rugby, and Heineken Cup. No, what on earth am I writing? I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's awful because I can't get over the, the first one who I know and I can't think of his name. Okay, now, now we're cooking with gas. Uh... uh, uh Oh, this is so difficult. I've got five names down. I don't know if they're right, but anyway. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, right. Let's get into it. Yep. Okay, question one. Which teams wore Canterbury Stash at the 2015 Rugby World Cup? I've written four teams down. I don't know if there were any more than four, but I was I was pretty sure of four. Okay. No, I was in sure three. The f- England, obviously, you had for JB. Right, as as is on our wall, right behind you, Tim. Ireland. Correct. Japan. Yep. Yep. Namibia. Correct. Ah, Namibia. Any more? Uh, I would have given you a bonus point for saying the officials. Okay. Ah. So okay. I have three. So four plays me... three. Oh, Jamie Roberts. Exactly make... three yards. More, right. less, or exactly? I thought. Just from watching the game, my guess would be less. I can tell you. He's just... very industrious. He had a good game. All right. We'll, big, we'll big get onto D. it. Yeah. yeah. His, his D was awesome. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I thought he was a bit limited in attack. He carried 10 times for a total of 20 yards. So oh. two. Five so, plays three. Okay. The two All Blacks in Gloucester squad. Thrush and Afoa. Correct. Both correct. Um, what about Do you this? get them, Jay? Yeah. 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 And we go from one Kiwi to another with the next one, don't we, Phil? What was, well, it? What was the question? We, a Kiwi's brother. Kind of. Kiwi's yeah. brother. Whose brother plays for Wasps? Who signed for Wasps this Charles week? Charles Piatal's brother signed for Wasps. Ah, I wonder if he's any good. A Tongan International Centre. Mm, there you go. So it'd be, be good enough. Yeah. Well, I, so I missed eight, that. Eight plays. Eight they plays are going to keep a ten, just on that one. They are going to keep Charles Piertel. They've right. even got his brother. Out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a four month sign in, okay. short term. End of the season, well, he'll yeah, be gone. Well, hey, if you want your brother to uh, be able to feed his family, is maybe that, you want to stay well, here. This is a bit short sighted from Ulster. Surely they should have signed. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Is that eight, eight five? Uh, eight five. That is eight five. Okay, the three partner sponsors for the Six Nations official beer. I put Guinness. I put Heineken. Guinness is correct. No! 9-5. The official technology partner... I've no idea. Samsung. Is not correct. It's, it's Accenture. I think I, know, oh. I think I know the timekeeper, though. Timekeeper? Because it, it came up on the little symbol by the clock. It does. Tissot. Is correct. I also have Tissot. Yeah. So, 10 plays 6 with... Oh, I'm close to winning this already with before the last question. There are seven points still available, though. So, who did who did Leinster beat in 2009? I didn't have a clue. I put Saints, but I know it was wrong. I put Leicester, but I think that was Munster that beat them. It was Leicester. Oh, ah, I didn't want Tigers. Yes. Damn it! 11-6. 11-6 Woo. with six points still available. So, where in the world was Mike Phillips this weekend? New Zealand. Hong Kong. Hong Kong is correct. Well, I knew they were playing the Highlanders, but I didn't know where. They put, Yes, they played Highlanders. So, 11-7. So, Jay needs to get four more than Tim, which I think is unlikely going into the last question. So, Tim, do you want to... Yeah, I'll tell you. So, the players that have oh. won Super Rugby, Heineken Cup, and World Cup. Yeah. Brad Thorne. JB. Yeah. Yeah, that is correct. Ali, William, Ali Williams. Is correct. Jay, did you have that? No. I didn't. Brian Habana. Jay, did you have that? I didn't originally. I have written it down, but I won't claim it. You had written it down. I will give you both a point. Okay. And then I was unsure of the last two. I put Juan Smith. No. He's not won Super Rugby. Must yet. not have won Super Rugby. Uh, did he play for the Cheetahs for a while? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he did. And I put I put Matt Gitto as a guess as well. Uh, well, I don't think no. any Australians have done it in recent times. No. 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 Get, so uh, those are my five. So that puts you on 14, and JB? Luke, sorry, Brad Kelleher. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Byron 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 Kelleher. No. Okay, um, Danny Russo? Is correct. Oh, well done. Uh, Backies Botha? Is correct. Oh, yeah. Victor Matfield? Is not correct. Mm. But that means that Tim wins 14 points to 11. God damn it. Yeah! We've not got the sound effects. Good, good, you don't deserve them. So you can't bask in your glory. Uh, well, for... I mean, I could get them up, but I'm not going to. So. 
JB's in charge of sound effects. Yeah. So, which oh. is why you have the theme tune and then JB's job is done. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, JB, you lost. <laughs> Tim won. I'll do it off my phone if I need to. <laughs> I'm going to set, next week when I win I'm going to set up actual pyrotechnics in, 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 in my basement <laughs> all this sound I'm blowing fool <laughs> fire hazard <laughs> and no one can hear us scream <laughs> <laughs> let's get on to the uh, the third matchup in the Six Nations then Ireland against Wales right get this because we came straight down to the rugby dungeon after at full time to record this so there's been some of the post-match stuff has been happening whilst we've been recording this podcast and I just noticed a tweet which has got to be worthy of a mention if it's if this is true apparently Warren Gatland described getting a draw as like kissing his sister is that a New Zealand thing he said said it was like kissing your sister going to Ireland I mean (laughs) Surely, surely you'll take a draw in Ireland. No. I, thought, I thought you were going to say, going to Ireland, it's normal to kiss your sister. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's a confusing analogy. I th- yeah, is it, I'm trying to work out the analogy. I think it's like, you can't be, you can't be happy or sad, you're just kissing your sister. <laughs> I, no, I don't know, I don't get the analogy. Well, look, you love your sister, but you don't necessarily want to kiss her. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so it's, so it's not a good thing. If you can explain that analogy from Warren Gatlin, please do at Rugby Podcast. Tweet us. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting it, but thanks for Neil Barnes for bringing it to our attention. Anyway, well, yeah, thanks, 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 thanks Neil. Neil. And if, if only you'd looked at Twitter, JB, you would have, you would have found the answer to one of the questions because Patrick Logan, uh, Logan tweeted us to say Roberts ten carries, twenty meters, great D by Ireland to keep him thirty three percent below average. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done, Ireland. Well, more or less. Um, <sighs> Disappointing. I, I'm really disappointed. I thought Wales could kick on and absolutely smash. Being Arizona. eleven nil down though, Thirt- thirteen nil, thirteen nil. You've never yeah. been thirteen nil, thirteen nil down. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I've been saying for a while, uh, George North uh, is basically Louis Pickamore's on the on, uh, on the wing. Nothing changed there. I, no, I thought North had his best game for a while. Really? Well, he made seventy-seven meters, second most. It wasn't George North of old, no. but it was better than what we've seen of him recently. Tom James did did, uh, did nothing. I was very disappointed. Yeah. I think Tom James is a wonderful runner. Lee, he didn't get in Liam the game Williams in his strange bow legs. Um, oh. he, he was uh, Williams did impress me. He carried a lot. He, he man- took the high balls well. He did, and he managed to tip tackle himself as well at one point. Oh, that was. Right, a- this is so stupid, isn't it? That I know. Was- uh, here it comes. Rugby's dangerous enough. All the rest of it. Liam Williams is a, is a wiry sort of ca- ca- sort of character. I imagine he's got incredible core strength, and if he wants to tip himself over by well, wiggling by away, into he's going to do it. Yeah. You know, he's going to do it. And you know, in international rugby, wouldn't you just do that all the time? Jump into oh. a tackle, the wiggles of the floor, penalty, cheers. I, th- I, I do think someone mentioned on Twitter. I do think we need to actually look at players jumping into tackles because no, it's illegal. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's, it's illegal. Yeah, hundred percent. But Williams didn't get penalised. No, no one gets penalised. But Williams should, should have been penalised. Yeah, they, they the first offence was Liam Williams jumping yeah, into. They a even went to the TMO to check whether it was a tip tackle or not, and how uh. severe a tip tackle. So the, the yeah, again, let's, let's not dwell on that. I think most genuine rugby fans who watch that, who know their rugby, were looking at that and scratching their head and going, "For goodness' sake!" Anyway, um, let's talk about the positives, which were two committed tough defences but how much of that is the strong defences and how much of that is the two teams that weren't really they would, they would scale electrics rugby is a brilliant way to describe how Wales played I think ran down their channels hard recycled they were going for phases trying to draw penalties rather than 
try and, I think they're trying try to draw to... penalties. Look, they've got a way, of, a way of playing, and it's hard running, getting getting over the gain line. It doesn't help that you've, you're missing the best fly half in the world. He, get, he, he gets injured <laughs> at early uh, doors. There, there wasn't. There's a definitely, definitely um, not just a coincidence that bigger when bigger was on, they conceded 13 points, and when Priestland came on, they scored 16 points. Look, yep. the, look the guy was injured. The guy was injured. Um, no yeah, coincidence. Uh, heroically. He, can, he, he, he he decided to continue, yeah. and I think he must have been injured like before the game because he came out came out with no, the, the, the heavy strapping. Well, they showed it the, the first minute when he got trapped at the bottom of a oh. at the bottom of a rook, and it was it was interesting hearing that Wilkinson um, said he likes that tactic of first kickoff, put it on the ten really high in order to get your chasers um, time to get under him and take him man and ball. Oh, I see. Clever. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Oh, very so. I thought you meant like just to smash him and injure him. No, no, no just no no. no, no, not even not even focusing on injuring him. Just focusing on he will be thinking his first job if he's receiving kickoff, exit strategy, exit strategy, exit strategy. But he's not doesn't get the option to do that. Cause Brilliant. I yeah, love that. I really like that. I think it's really good. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect uh, game for Reese Priestons. Come on, thirteen nil down. <laughs> Off you go, Reese. No pressure. Go, go and win. Then, like Sergio Priest, say he he, uh, he, miss, he misses the drop goal. Guys, you I... got you guys carry on talking. I am so desperate for the loo. I can't wait. <laughs> carry on. I'll, I'll, I'll listen and keep up. With okay, the okay. Quick, Tim. Um, I actually thought Priestland did really, really well on the game. Best matchup for you? Mm. CJ Stander versus Toby Flowersal. I know they weren't eight versus eight, but it was carrier it's... versus carrier. Yeah. That was that was very intriguing. The other one, which is uh, potential Lions inside centre. Oh yeah, how did I miss that? That was brilliant. That was absolutely brutal. Who, who, who do you think? Who do you think won it? Because I think it's fairly clear cut. <sighs> I'd say it was fairly even. Oh, and the, the first minute. Robert's, Robert's defence was better. First, yeah. First few minutes, Robert smashes Henshaw. And then he, he absolutely cleans him out the second half. Yeah, well, that's, that's defence. I'm oh, sorry, I'm back, by the way. I didn't bother washing my hands so I could get back. No, that's a joke. I did, obviously. Banter. Um, uh, banter. Safe bants. Safety um, first and foremost, Tim. Health I, I, and safety. I, I, I think Robbie Henshaw looked more exciting as an attacking threat than, John, than Jamie oh, Roberts. Really? I, I think overall he does, but I don't think in that game he had the opportunity no, to show it just because no. the Welsh defence was so suffocating. Talking about mismatch, that, that was a fairly even match. Uh, a mismatch was standing Martin Bayfield next to <laughs> Gordon Darcy, <laughs> Shane Williams and Maggie Alfonsi in the pre-match chat as on, soon the, as, on the pitch. As soon as I saw that, I took a picture and started writing a tweet and then our Twitter account just got flooded with responses to your, <laughs> to <Yeah>. your <laughs> outstanding... T- yours was much better than I, I would have done. Say, 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 great minds think alike, Phil. <laughs> We've been in tune this weekend. Yeah, we have. I put a tweet uh, out just saying, shame on you, ITV highly stereotypical to get three leprechauns out just because you're in Dublin <laughs> yeah. look at that look at look at them look at them <laughs> Martin Bainfield is twice their height yes complete mismatch anyway uh, the other one as well um, the scrum was a horrific mismatch I mean like uh, that. I think that's the biggest weakness in Ireland in, in the Ireland team that was part well, no no it's not a mismatch that's a completely wrong word it was just all round unimpressive the Welsh props can't scrimmage outside of Samson Lee. The yep. Irish props can't scrimmage full stop. <laughs> it was basically a race to see who could who 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 could bend bend over quicker, uh, and then they bring on Gethin Jenkins, and he can't scrimmage either. <laughs> so it was absolute. Uh, what's the word for it? The, an anti scrum fest. Well, the Irish, the Irish front row have got three starters missing. Mm. If you count Mike Ross or Marty Moore, whoever's fitter would start, and then Keen Healy. 
I think when you reflect on the three games, you uh, probably it's, uh, all the conversations we've had, I think, point to the fact that we haven't learned a great deal. There are some teams that maybe slightly surprised us in some ways or disappointed us slightly in other ways, but nothing, no extremes of feelings. And it's all cagey that you started off the podcast with probably... And this was probably the cagiest of the games. I disagree. I think we've had some marvellous rugby. Oh. Um, and I don't think that it's been particularly cagey. Um, oh, it's, it's been as committed and as passionate as the Six Nations ever is. I don't think it hasn't been cagey. Because, really? I mean, well, yeah, no, because it was... Ireland playing out their own 22 to win the game? Yeah, I thought that was stupid. That was asking for trouble. Like, you yeah. give away a penalty, it's, it's done. Um, but no, but Wales... Pass one out, run it into contact. Pass one out, run it into contact. No, I mean, yes, of course that does happen, and it has to happen. But actually, both teams passed it particularly well. Uh, the the time that the ball was in play was an awful long time, particularly in the Wales Ireland game. I'm sure that we had like some phases of play which were like three, four, three, four minutes. Well, I was pretty... that, that's a measure of a of good rugby, is it? How often, how much the ball's in play? Yeah, I, th- I think I'd that's more. So. I think that's it's. It can be good rugby and cagey. That was that oh, was no, a reflection. No, no. It was yeah. entertaining to watch. Don't get but me that, wrong. That was a reflection yeah. of the way they were playing because they were playing the limited rugby. So they, they were playing one out, crash it up, set one out, crash All it right. up, set. All right, maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at this from a different point of view. I'm going right. Well, what's your definition of non-cagey rugby? That's what. I, let's just find out what the definition. Well, okay, are. well, so let me. I would, so we've just had the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, we're at the very start of a four-year cycle. So I understand that that winning now is important. However. What I would, if I was looking at the things with a slightly bigger picture, or I am looking at things with a slightly bigger picture, my observation is Wales will beat Ireland or England or Scotland on any given Saturday or Sunday or whatever by playing the way they play. They will never win a World Cup. They will never beat regularly Southern Hemisphere teams playing the way they do. I want a bit of an evolution. Oh, and fine, it might not be first game in the Six Nations, I get that. But at some point, these sides in the United Kingdom and Ireland have got to do something different. Otherwise, mm. they're never going to win a World Cup. No, I disagree. Uh, well, no, I, I, I agree with your point, Tim, that they have to do something different if they want to win a World Cup. I kind of agree with you that this isn't necessarily the, the best no. game because okay. it's early, early February. It's the start of the cycle, like you say. We will start to see the evolution as time goes on. Okay. Can I make another NFL reference? And this will be uh, well. It's, it's the super. We, yeah. People will have just been waking up, maybe having with the result of the Super Bowl. There, uh, John Madden used to always be questioned, like, do you, do you feel the pressure of getting to the Super Bowl every year and not winning, or getting to playoffs every year and not winning? And his answer was always. No, the guy who should feel the pressure is the guy that doesn't get to Super Bowl or doesn't get to the playoffs. And I feel the same way about Wales, which is, you know, they should have won away in South Africa a couple of times. They should have beat Australia. They've got to get, they've got to get over the hump. But I think they're broadly there. I mean, they need an extra 5, 5%. But the actual template, it's not worth ripping it all, all, all up and starting again. I'm pretty happy with, um, happy with, uh, with how they play. And I don't see it as a, you know, a particularly far stretch until they do start, start winning consistently over Southern Hemisphere teams. Without wanting to just repeat myself, I, I, I disagree completely. I think you'll get to a World Cup and you will get found out. One thing has happened since, uh, since our last podcast and that is that we've had someone come up with a Egg Chasers Rugby podcast drinking game. Oh, that's oh, brilliant. Yes. That's superb. Oh, really? 
Have you not seen uh, it? It's two fingers for someone. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the old really, that was a reference to it. Agreed. So, yeah, uh, Lawrence Ames has, what he suggests is one finger of drink for every time one of us says, agreed, as Phil just did, or a, a high-pitched, really? From JB. <laughs> or if Phil drop, drops some stats, or if JB says something disparaging about the Pro 12, two fingers or sips or whatever for Let the Boys Play, if I do an accent or mention my brother, if there's any mention on the podcast of culture, or there's any one of us says sippers or banners, banners yeah. three fingers for somebody managing to outstat Phil. Ah, well, that one's safe, you'll never do that. Uh, <laughs> JB, if you admit that a Pro 12 game was good. Um, Did I watch a good one? No, I didn't. And if a Hear Me Now, Believe Me Later actually ends up coming true. There's uh, again, a again, that again, again time, that's, safe, that's safe. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that. And you have to drink for the duration that we talk about our latest Canterbury stash um, or play a literally clip. I, I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to say thank you, Lawrence Ames, but I think if we endorse this, we might be sentencing anyone that tries it to death. Because <laughs> that pretty much <laughs> describes a, the entire podcast. The biggest problem is most people listen to this on like a Monday or Tuesday morning on their commute into work. Yeah, there's not many like, groups of lads listening to this on a Friday night, just <laughs> you know, ready to up. go out. A few looseners with the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-drinks. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing that's been going on, um, and thank you if you joined our Egg Chasers Fantasy League on the ESPN Fantasy Rugby site. Bearing in mind, in previous years, we've given this several weeks worth of build-up. Bearing in mind, we, lit- we literally, literally mentioned this for the first time on last week's podcast. Um, I'm, I'm, it's amazing we got like 600-odd people, which is outstanding. Do we thank get any money for much. this? Can we make any, mo- uh, any money out of a fantasy league? It's not all about making money, Jay. It's not about making money. No, it's no, no, it's not. It's about, right. in, it's about entering into camaraderie and competition with our... I don't know any of these people, and I don't play, with, so... With our followers with our followers and friends, thank you for getting involved. Um, how are we looking, Phil? Flashdowns are number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, currently topping the table... Uh, with 89 points are Lash Hounds. <laughs> <laughs> Manager Sam D. How does he know the school of my uh, how does he know the name of my high school band? <laughs> Lash Hounds. <laughs> Love it. Sam what? Sam what's his name? Uh, Sam Sam Davis. Uh, beating Must Do Better by Matt Mead and Statistically Significant by Daniel Shane, who are both on 88 points. Wow. Uh, I'm currently in 109th with 70 points. Uh, and I'm not sure where you are, Tim. You're um, just keep him down. You'll my find my team's called the overly upright Haskells. Oh, Haskells <laughs> not a seven, is it four? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of team names incorporated in Haskell. Let's have a look at some of the team team there's, names. There's quite a few team names incorporating. For what? For what? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, Haskell is an out and out seven. Jonathan Spratt inspired. For what? Yeah, Haskell and Banter's the uh, most common recur- recurring theme. And use new hair. Hartley Wallbangers, I quite like. Hartley Wallbangers is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Global Bro Sports Limited. George Halls, well done on that name. <laughs> Global Bro Sports, that's brilliant. Well, that's, I think that's my favourite name. Yeah, that is my favourite name. That's a reference to... What is that reference to the name of... Freddie to Alangi's agency. Freddie to Alangi's <laughs> sports, sports management, management agency. Company. Why wouldn't I sign with Global Bro Sports? <laughs> Global Bro Sports, worldwide. <laughs> Prestige, worldwide. <laughs> um, I have got 62 points in that round. Oh, which will put you uh, around the 200 mark, I, I think. So I'm, I'm uh, level with Miles Better Than Benjamin by Tom Nolden. Titus Bramble. <laughs> Three cheers for Chris Moyles. What? 
What? I thought, uh, yeah, exactly. What? That was another thing on uh, Lawrence Ames's uh, drinking game. He said, anytime Tim mentions Chris Moyles or his former job. <laughs> well, let me tell you, that is going to stop on Wednesday the 10th or is it 11th? You're not going to announce it before you announce it. No, I can't announce it on the podcast, but Wednesday the 10th. So, well, you may have, may have already happened. I will have something new to talk about. Thank you very much. And I will not need to refer to exactly, Chris Moyles uh, anymore. Exactly, because on Wednesday the 10th, Chris Moyles is going yachting and he, and he won't be coming back. Isn't, isn't that right, Tim? <laughs> right, what are we doing then, boys? Are we going to actually fin- finish, this, finish this, this pot off? Let's We're going to finish it with, with some uh, previews of next week's fixtures. Yep. Fantastic. So what we got? Saturday, 2.25, according to this. That's a strange time to kick off. France host Ireland. I'm going to say in France, I think Ireland will win this. Now, Ireland of, don't win in Paris often. And a lot of this comes down to the biggest weakness of Ireland is their scrum. And France have got a great um, yes, scrum. Yes, that is true. So it's, they make it very difficult difficult for themselves if they're not getting any ball from the scrum and they're not getting territory. Uh, they were playing a lot in their own half today. So I think if France can get the ascendancy in the scrum... They'll scrape a win. If Ireland can get parity, they will. They will win it. I, I do fancy Ireland as well, because I think they'll soak. Oh no, I don't know. Yeah, I, they don't win in Paris often, but I think they're going to get one of their wins in Paris. Hmm. Yeah, I've always said uh, Ireland away. Ireland away. I, okay. I, I, I thought CJ, CJ Stander, by the way, had a really impressive debut. So I'm looking yeah. forward to him. He's one of those players, kind of. Every time I've seen him, he's impressed. Mm. And every single time he steps up in level, so he goes from Pro 12 to Heineken Cup, uh, European Champions Cup, and he keeps getting better, and then he goes to international, and he still looks like one of the best players on the park. It, it's, it really lessened the blow of having mm. both Peter Romani and Sean O'Brien out injured. Wales versus Scotland... Ten to five. There are some strange mm. kickoff times. Yeah, I thought that. Why can't they just have nice round numbers? Yeah. Also, why two twenty-five? Why not two thirty? Exactly. Why exactly. ten to ten to five? Why not five? Must, must be TV stuff. Anyway, Wales at home. Oh, without a doubt. I think, I think Scotland. They will some play some good rugby, but they will be running into a brick wall. That Welsh defence was awesome. Literally a brick wall. Literally a Jamie Roberts shaped brick wall. Uh, I think Scotland are going to win. I've got a horrible feeling about this. Wow. I've you, get just some seen... good, you get some good odds on that. I've, I'm not going to bet anymore. I've lost all of my money <laughs> this week. Um, anyway, there's no Dunbigger. I've actually just drawn a picture of Dunbigger. That's very nice. Yeah. With, a, with a halo and some angel wings. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to see a picture of Dunbigger, which I've just drawn? <laughs> <laughs> he has actually gra- graffitied a picture of Dunbigger, giving him angel wings and a halo. That's yep. Lovely. Uh, I... Do you know, I just think that that Scottish backline is very dangerous. Wales aren't playing particularly well. I'm not sure where they're going to improve. I don't see where the progression is from this week to next week. Um, and I think I've just got a horrible feeling about it, you know, horrible feeling. Hmm. So Scotland to win for me. I was most disappointed with Scotland from the whole weekend. I am expecting them to bounce back. Uh, maybe time will tell when we reflect on the Six Nations as a whole that actually Scotland weren't that bad and England were especially good, but I thought they underperformed, bearing in mind what I was expecting to see them do, having had such a yeah. encouraging World Cup. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, and then the City of Love, we go to... Ro- well, actually, what's... Uh, Is it the Eternal City, I, I think? The Eternal or? City, yeah. yes. Whatever. It's Valentine's Day, so I was trying to make some sort of uh, uh, link between clever. the two. 
they're going to have so many references to Valentine's Day and love and um, the build-up, the preamble for this game on Sunday, Italy v England. And there'll be lots of slow-motion shots of people getting up from a rook and um, the commentator's saying, look at those who are having a little cuddle. On oh, yeah, yeah, good, good. A little yeah. kiss and make-up, all that yeah. sort of stuff. What they should just do is just have maybe an hour's build-up could just be... Sergio Parise just stood <laughs> rotating on a plinth with some <laughs> romantic music. In just a pair of Speedos. So everyone expects England to win, right? No, I'll give you a serious prediction now. England will win and they'll win handsomely and this is the problem. We're going to have a whole week, or no, two weeks before they play again about England have turned the corner, look at the performance against this league. They're going to win by about 30 to 40 points. It'll be, it'll, it'll be convincing and it'll be a, a new dawn in in the, etern- in the Eternal City. That's the problem that they're going to have. Question. How Tell many- me, what do you think about me? How many young players will, and how many debutants or new caps or new starters will Eddie Jones blood? Ooh, that's a good question. Itoji and Clifford? Do you reckon Itoji, they'll come in? Itoji and Clifford, I would, I would think, yeah. Do you reckon Daly will come in onto the bench? Paul Hill, do you reckon he'll get some game time? I yeah. hope so. Because it, Itoji and Clifford, they do offer another ball carrier in the pack. Mm. Um, take some of the pressure off the immense shoulders of Billy Vunapola. I have no idea. You know. I have absolutely zero idea. I just know we're going to go get, uh, be in for two weeks of absolute hyperball, unless England lose, and that would be hilarious. <sighs> Good luck. Well, I actually think most... Most at risk, based on that sole performance, most at risk of getting dropped is Chris Robshaw. I didn't think he had a particularly good game. I thought mm. I thought Haskell helped outplayed him. I thought he he was more industrious and did more. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And they, that. they have to get another ball carrying that back row. I'd love it if yours was yours is the boys pod at Rugby Podcast. Listen on Acast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening. And nice one, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. Littles. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And they suddenly just look wide-eyed then and go, oh no, he's just fingered me.